Good morning. Greetings in the Master's name. I Life's interesting, and as we relate and observe, I had to think is sometimes we don't have a decimal point back there, so I can understand Chad's questioning the numbers back there on the board and <laughs> trying to decipher uh, the quantity of the offering. But I had to think about sometimes that the blessings and challenges since we've been um, putting our services on the phone line and so forth. And some time ago, Brother Dale was here laboring in our midst, and I thought it was so interesting. The one evening when he failed to, he, someone tried to call his phone, you may recall, and, and he said, well, his phone is ringing, and he said, well, that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> and to the person on the line, they found it sounded like he was maybe scolding someone for their phone going off in the service. <laughs> when he was talking about his own misfortune. <laughs> and I had to think about the, the challenges we faced because of, of expanded exposure, extended exposure in that regard. They probably wondered why Chad couldn't read this morning, but not being here to know the details. May God help us in our desire to worship him and, and serve him. In our heart, in my heart. How do you find it this morning to, to accomplish the words expressed in that hymn? What needs to happen for that to occur? To be a Christian. Not only in our hearts, but the scriptures also remind us that out of the Abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Those things which come forth. Uh, uh, that's not the message in focus this morning, but I recently was looking up that, that word, how it's used in other scriptures in the Old Testament, and, and it's it pretty much across the board refers to that which comes out of. So what is in our heart will come out. Who has our heart will manifest itself. So this morning for the message, I would invite you back to the book of James. Wasn't quite sure where to go this morning, but I chose to follow here. And sometimes we don't always understand fully our choosings are the way we've since we're being led and sometimes we never will other times it it becomes somewhat apparent along the way if I had to give each one of you a slip of paper this morning and you would put on there on the number between one and ten how your week went it would be interesting if we would collect those and uh, have the ushers count up the numbers and give us a, a tally of all the numbers. Do you think they would be from 8 to 10 or 2 to 9 or what would that range run? Where would the average percentile 
of that survey come out? Well, having said that, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is we do, in our pilgrimage here below, we do walk uh, a path of life that sometimes presents us uh, obstacles, things we didn't expect, trials. We know that the scriptures do tell us that we shouldn't find it strange to be faced with those things, and we'll be looking at some of that here in these verses. Spring is here and summertime is coming. When you are given a lemon, do you know what to do with it? Usually we don't think real highly of lemons unless we're thinking of making lemonade. And in that picture we have some balancing factors in mind. <clears throat> Namely sugar. But in life, we, we, we've heard that saying many times, when life hands you a lemon, make lemonade. But how often has it, has it been for you and I that until we get, until we start thinking about the sugar that's needed, that lemon has already left a sour taste in our mouth. That experience. And here in James' epistle, we notice a number of things <clears throat> that we want to look at here this morning. But I would focus on several items that I want you to think about this morning. And we find them here in the first eight verses. Um, There's a couple words that are used that are action words. And I think they help us in understanding the purpose of trials, the potential to understand that those trials are, are for the purpose of triumph. They are for the purpose of overcoming. So let's read. I'll go ahead and just begin at the first verse again. Let's read the first eight verses here in letter the general epistle of James James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting my brethren counted all joy when ye fall into divers temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I believe in the previous message here looking at James the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ I did make a brief comment here on on verse 2 and I want to remind you of it here if you perhaps have forgotten it 
But the first point of the message I would like to think with you about is that of what it means to count. To count. You know, sometimes if it's something we think is worthwhile keeping track of, we find it pretty easy to count. And if it doesn't matter, we, we don't keep track of it. But to count, he says, count it all joy. Consider it all joy. Consider it. Um, have it as a joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Here again, that word fall in the King James is is better and more clearly, accurately understood as encounter. When you encounter, in other words, it's not like we're out here just stumbling into this temptation and that, but it is life's experience that brings us into situations that we encounter an interaction, a trial that comes forth out of that, a time of testing, a time of proving. And um, one of the elements that are involved in counting is, you know, sometimes we have, I talked about taking a tally of your votes of how your week went, but so to do that, we would register those votes by number, how many were on each uh, numerical scale on the numerical scale given there and so we would keep track of it and sometimes in uh, in the thinking of that illustration of that lemon how often is it easier for us to keep track of those lemons than the blessings of God I had to think of that children's song this morning, and it's it's not just a children's songs, but count song, but count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. And um, that is the message that this letter bears that to, to count, and we'll see some other aspects of understanding that. Um, the value of those things that we would prefer not to find in our path? Do we see them as a perfecting element, a refining agent, a refining fire in allowing us the choice to choose God's way for us? Count your many blessings. When we are able to count, there is the additional understanding of that is brought out in verse 3. He says, knowing this, we take our numbers and we tally them up and we put them there before we can consider them. And, and when we consider all the factors involved, he says, knowing this, knowing this, what is the purpose of our knowledge in light of those difficulties that come our way. If you care to turn, it's a very familiar passage, but I would just draw your attention to the verses in Psalm 100. Um, the first couple of verses began with a call to, <clears throat> to praise the Lord. But notice in verse 3, he says this, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He 
that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. My brethren, the people of God, brothers in Christ, let us not lose sight of the value of those things we encounter that try us. Sometimes we would say, why, why is this necessary? Or why is that necessary? Even perhaps when, when that testing or that proving comes at the hand of another uh, professing Christian, and that we would think in our hearts, well, why is God using them to, to, to challenge, to speak? What is the purpose in it? Count it all joy. when we encounter difficult circumstances, knowing that the trying of our faith, verse 3, and it's, it's the basis of that knowledge that we have come to to be able to understand the purposes God uses in our lives in such a, a deep and full way. In First Peter, there's a reference there made. Perhaps I'll just turn there. <clears throat> Chapter 1, verse 7. Another reference to this trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do I understand, do you understand that those things God brings into our life's experience are of more value than silver and gold? That's not the natural man's way of thinking. And so there is blessing in being a bit heavenly minded. Maybe I shouldn't say a bit. I've, I've pondered that, you know, um, we used to hear this saying more than we do now, I think, but it, Someone would say a comment, and usually in a not a very kind way, but someone was more heavenly mind, so heavenly minded they were of no earthly good. And I've come to come to not appreciate that saying very well because God's best for this world comes through us being heavenly minded, and it's only when we are heavenly minded that he has our hearts and he can show us and minister to us and lead us and bless us. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You probably recall hearing that word patience defined, but it is a, an ongoing endeavor of endurance. In fact, that word is, is translated some places similar to 
endurance, but is, it is the coming under and abiding there. And when we're in a tight spot, usually we want to get out of there. It's the natural bent that I'm, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I want some relief. And yet, in the flesh, that can come through. And yet, when we observe it and know it and perceive it as a part of our faith, it takes on a different perspective. Romans 5, a few verses there I'll read. <clears throat> verses 3 and 4. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There is enabling grace as we stand before God, asking him to, to direct and lead. Courageous in our persevering because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and it is through those experiences that that refinement can come. We had an interesting, helpful, good discussion on the workmanship. God's workmanship in our lives in the Sunday school hour. Um, some parallels there that we talked about. But to count, it takes an effort to acknowledge, to know. Um, and then the actual decision-making to let. What is in my heart? Who has my heart will determine what I let come forth. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Sometimes we probably thought or almost thought to tell God in a difficult circumstance, God, isn't this good enough? Aren't you through yet? But that patience, letting that patience have her perfect work brings about that which is imperfect and entire, lacking nothing, wanting nothing. It says wanting nothing, but the concept is there's nothing lacking where patience has her perfect work. That person that has exercised patience to the point of exhaustion. I remember a number of years ago in Puerto Rico there after the hurricane, standing in line at a, I think it was a Home Depot. It was very common for people to stand in line for hours. And we were standing there, I don't know, two and a half, three hours in a hot sun. And um, there were people there persevering beyond their limitations. And 
it was not uncommon for someone to have be diabetic or whatever the case and they would slump down and pass out trying to hold their place in the life. We have a greater promise in letting patience have its perfect work. The Spirit's faithful in ministering to us in providing our spiritual needs and <clears throat> bringing about that sense, that level of maturity that comes forth through that continued refinement, continued polishing, continued action of of the hand of God and um, we see that here as he seeks to bless those he's writing to as James writes that ongoing process of counting of knowing of letting and then it's I find it interesting you know when after verse 4 he, he implies that everything is complete there's nothing lacking but then he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If you are like I, there are many times when we, we have counted, we have known, and we have chosen to let, and yet we don't feel like we have all the answers. We don't have all the, the details that we would like to. But it goes beyond knowing something. I, was, uh, I had to think of this illustration that the wisdom we need is, is sort of like, you know, I was relating to some dear little boys the other, yesterday, and, and they knew, they had knowledge of where the bird nest was. but they needed more understanding and the wisdom of not tampering with it. And likewise, that element of God's enlightening spirit as he ministers to us, as we seek him, as we commit our lives to be built on the foundation of the, the knowledge of the word gives us and the Spirit helps us to apply that and have the wisdom we have need of. He has promised to give it to us liberally. In the Old Testament, we have the, the story of Solomon's request for wisdom. It was one that was a pleasing thing in God's eyes. Um, and it spoke to that carefulness we need to have as well to distinguish between wisdom and knowledge. We need to know more than that which involves the information, the facts. And then in light of all that we know in the broader perspective of our creator, then we make application in the fear of God. How well have I done 
and counting. How well have I done in knowing? How often have I withheld from letting patience have her perfect work in my life? How often have I not asked for that wisdom that I lacked? It comes through the exercise of our faith in verse 3. And I'd like to ask our song leader to be prepared to lead a hymn here in, in closing, following the message. Um, but he says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, for you and I to, to be able to count it, to know it, to let it and to ask. It will be an exercise of our faith. One in which we have endeavored to give God the ability to change that stony heart to a heart of flesh by which the Spirit can minister and direct us in the day in which we live.